Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I said it before last week, there's no bye week for us. We are here for you recording on a Sunday morning. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagana. Mike, how you doing? Tired. Um, it's my own fault. I, I knew I was doing this podcast at... No, it's my own fault. I knew I was doing this podcast at 10, but um, I played the new God of War until 4 in the morning. So that's on me. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm fine. 4 in the morning? Yeah, oh, oh man, the game is so much like, you know, you, you hear something, it's just like, hey, let's just, I'll just go through the store and then I can save and then everything ends. Then I go through the door and some giant thing attacks me and starts this whole quest line. I'm like, well, I can't go to bed now. <laughs> so this is someone who doesn't, I don't know a whole lot about video games. I know everybody loves them and I feel so silly because I don't, I don't know a lot of the background on it. But is this the game that Jamar Chase is always playing? No, he's playing Call of Duty. Okay. So- yeah. Call of Duty, more uh, multiplayer playing. My friends aren't staying up till 4 a.m. to play God of War with me. God of War is a a single-player game. It's just like a big story. Uh, Call of Duty, not much story. It's just like you and your friends, I don't know, going and shooting down (laughs) other people. I just, again, I don't know a whole lot about it. Sounds bad out of context. It's a very very normal game. game. Video game and, and it's Kyler Murray's game, right? That's that's his. Yeah, it seems like uh, all the NFL players seem to like it, except I know on the in the in the Heights podcast with Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey, uh, Travis was basically like, "I suck at that game. I play sports games." <laughs> yeah, I know. I I don't know a whole lot about it. I know they're extremely popular, but I can't believe you stayed up till four in the morning. It's a perfect weekend for it because it is by, and you can get that Sunday nap in while the NFL games are playing in the background, and you don't have That's to right. pay a whole lot of attention. That's how it's going to go. It's pretty gloomy in Ohio right now, so I'm, I'm guessing it's it's kind of wintry where you're at, and uh, that's a perfect Sunday afternoon, so it's not too bad. Oh, yeah, and my fiance is a Steelers fan, so she'll have that boring game on, so I'll sleep during that. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll talk about that later on in the week when the Bengals finally get back to practice on Wednesday. I am ready to talk about a real game, but for now, let's get Joe Burrow. 
because I can't think of a better player to talk about during the bye week. And I know Bengals fans want to hear all about their quarterback. I had told you earlier on the week, and I, and I hate like giving you these homework things during bye week, uh, but I know you're the perfect guy to break it down. When you go back to the first part of the season, what stands out for you when it comes to the best of Joe Burrow? Yeah, so I think you almost have to exclude the first two weeks. He wasn't himself. Even the third and fourth week, kind of whatever, but the, for the clips that, like when I'm going through like his best plays of the season, it's a lot of, I've got, you know, a clip from the Browns game, even though that didn't go that well, the Ravens game, just later season, Panthers, Falcons, you know, Saints. So a lot of the games that you think he played well, even though you didn't think he played well against the Ravens and Browns, he kind of played okay. Uh, still, they're able to pull some stuff that's just like, yeah, that's that's Joe Burrow, what we want to see in the second half of the year. So the first two, the first two plays are both against two high coverage. This one's one's against the Browns, and they just run four verts, and the <laughs> they uh, bend the seams inside. Joe Burrow just great anticipation and i wanted to talk about a play where he goes against a two high coverage this is tampa two he looks to his right looks back left throws it as the receiver is getting behind the linebacker and just an easy catch for that receiver and um like those a lot because he's hitting a shot against a two high coverage that some say you know, it's not theoretically always there, but with the safeties backing up so far against the Bengals, it is there to hit between the safeties and linebackers. And I think that's something he's going to have to keep doing throughout the year is hitting that shot with anticipation. And I know he doesn't have the greatest arm strength, but it is a, it is a throw that he throws with such good anticipation. It doesn't matter that much. He also kind of rips it a little bit. <laughs> he, he does kind of try to throw it in there pretty hard. So uh, it's, it's a, Good throw. It's exciting. It's over the middle of the field. It's against two high coverages. You can do it against single high coverage too. It's just, there's a lot to like about it. When I think of where Joe really kind of picked up where he left off in 2021, I didn't think it was going to be this late in the season, but personally it felt like it was the game against the saints. Um, I had, I made that tweet and I never deleted it because it was the truth and how I felt at that moment. And Joe has had to carry this team a lot. So nothing really against Joe in the start of the season. And of course, coming off of the surgery, that was very unexpected during training camp and missing those valuable reps. I don't even put it towards preseason, but just overall with this offense was in the Saints game. It was after pretty much after the first drive, Joe looked back. And I don't know if it was the Louisiana magic or what, but they really looked on. And, and it's, it's kind of wild because you look at the start of the season and then – you hit that point in the Browns game. And I wouldn't even put that on, on Joe fully because I felt kind of like the game plan got messed up after the beginning first couple drives. But is there anything that kind of has surprised you in a good way with Joe Burrow right now? Ooh, surprised. Um, off the top of my head, no, because he's doing a lot of stuff that I thought he would do coming into the year with like when he's at his best. So I know in the Panthers game, he is so weird seeing NFC South opponents that I feel like don't know that much about the Bengals versus the AFC North opponents who are tailoring their defense in that game, like in that game plan to be like, okay, we are stopping everything the Bengals like to do. But the Panthers came out in a, a single high coverage 
very clear single high pre-snap. It didn't look like anybody could rotate and get to two high post-snap. So Burrow, audibles, and I like this one because I actually see the hand signal over to Boyd, just like something. I, I don't know what exactly it was, but he, he audibles something with his hands to Boyd. Boyd runs a slot fade, and Burrow just easy. He's one of the best slot back shoulder throwers. This wasn't a slot fade. Sorry, this was uh, just a – a, f- a back shoulder fade from the outside, which is cool. The, the surprising thing is Boyd is playing pretty well from the outside, but Boyd runs a fade, catches it back shoulder, just easy. I don't know. Burrow is one of the best back shoulder fade throwers in the league. Maybe the best. Just I feel like he makes it look so easy when he throws it. The guy isn't even looking yet. And then the receiver, all the receivers have good body control and are able to do this quickly turns around, catches the ball, falls down, or, you know, in Jamar Chase's case, he'd turn around, catch it, and then turn back and score a touchdown. But that's not an easy throw. And I feel like we see it once a week where the opposing team tries one of those. Baker Mayfield tried one, and it just falls out of bounds because the receiver and him weren't on the same connection or something. But Burrow and his receivers have the mind meld to know exactly when he's going to go over the top and when he's going to go back shoulder. Uh, there's, there was a few times early in the year that they didn't, and that was kind of weird, but it's picked back up where I don't think he's missed one of those back shoulders in a couple weeks. So I think that's one of the things that's like, yeah, Burrow's back. And then also he threw that insane go ball to Jamar Chase down the right sideline where they shaded the safety anyway, even though it's single high. So it basically plays out like too high for that side. And he's still perfectly just in the bucket. Jamar Chase said best go ball Burrow has ever thrown him. So throwing the ball, it's all there and things I would think that going into the year, it's like, yeah, these are strengths of his. They're just, he's really hitting them right now. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's kind of wild to use this as an example, but I'm going to just because it is Steelers week and not to look too far ahead. But one of the biggest difference that I've always felt with Joe Burrow versus Andy Dalton, and I know we have a small sample size because last year was Joe Burrow's first whole season in the NFL. His rookie year got cut short, and then you get into year three, is when Andy was bad Andy, he was bad for the whole entire game. Like there was no looking back. You knew what you were going to have for four quarters off of that first drive. With Joe, it's different. He learns how to make those adjustments. And I'm using week one as an example. And I know everyone will be like, oh, my gosh, he had five turnovers. How could you use that as an example? But in the second half, they're without T. Higgins. Jamar Chase had like two extra touchdowns that didn't count. Mike Thomas drops the ball in the end zone. And Joe Burrow found those adjustments. And after giving the ball away five times, I think that's pretty incredible comeback. I know the outcome was a loss, and that's a really unfortunate loss to start week one, and it felt like 2L because it was a division opponent, and they're 0-3 in the division. But that's one of the things that I felt like we saw last year, and we're seeing again this year, of just the adjustments Joe makes 
after a mistake, and he really hasn't had a whole lot of turnover since. Yeah, it, he looks like somebody on uh, like season-long statistics who can be a little bit turnover-prone. L- less and less so now, but early on in the year, I would hear like pundits say something like, "Yeah, Burrow likes to turn the ball over. He's like not he's not careful with the football." But it's like five turnovers week one. <laughs> you know, that's really dragging it down. What if we didn't use week one? He, I mean, since week one, I can't think how many exactly how many turnovers he, he has. has but is it just two? Yep. Yeah. Against so, division opponents. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But yeah, just two turnovers since week one. So over seven weeks, I think, two turnovers. That's really, really good. Uh, the other thing that is not like Andy Dalton, last thing I want to talk about with Burrow and highlights of this year is against the Saints. He had two insane, I don't know, magic escape the pocket type plays. There's the one where he drops back the running back and center don't pick up this cross dog. And then he rolls to his right, spins back to his left. Two defenders fall down. He comes up, makes another guy miss. Tyler Boyd has enough time that he gets leveled on the play and then he gets up and he catches the ball and runs for a first down. That's just, if you're a defense, I mean, I I can't imagine what you're saying. And then the other one also against the Saints was the touchdown that he ran in where he has pressure on his right side because all Collins doesn't pick him up and move him out. So he makes that guy miss. Then he runs into Alex Kappa, but then keeps his feet and runs forward for, I mean, nobody was anywhere near him. So awesome touchdowns, like 25 yards. So I think those two plays are also, but they're also just things. It's what we expect out of Burrow sometimes, even though it's not something that you can count on. It's just like, do you think this year Joe Burrow is going to have a play that makes you go, Oh my God, from his legs. Like, yeah, I do. Yeah, 100%. And and I think the biggest thing is going back to, uh, I, again, I, I talk about this on the podcast a lot, but it was the best sports year. And Cincinnati Ford, this team, it was one of the best seasons in a lot of people's sports lives, is that AFC championship game when Joe Burrow uses his legs and he changes the game in the second half. I know the defense made adjustments, and it's pretty incredible to see what happened January 2nd versus Kansas City and then in the AFC Championship in the second half for both sides of the ball. But I think in general, I trust Joe Burrow. And early on in the season, I was like, oh, Joe, get rid of the ball, throw it away. But he's always trying to make plays. I mean, you could go back to the wild card playoff game, the Tyler Boyd touchdown where – there was some people questioning if Joe stepped out of bounds. There was a whistle that blew that nobody oh heard. It's still wild to think about, but that was another example of Joe Burrow making a play for a touchdown and just something that, you know, we really do like in Burrow. And he's, he's really made those adjustments since that week one first half game. Yeah, that play insane first of all i think by next gen stats it was the closest a quarterback has ever come to being out of bounds when they throw the ball downfield for a touchdown but also i feel like that turned into this whole thing where it was like the Bengals lose if the officials do the right thing and don't let that play out and it's like what the Bengals lose if the officials make a mistake and <laughs> call him out of bounds because one of them accidentally blew a whistle it wasn't even let me go back and listen. It's not like that whistle was like long and defined. No. It was it was very much just kind of like a oh crap. Um, and maybe some players stopped playing, but I thought it was a touchdown either way. It was yeah. high. It looked like it was uh Morig, their safety, was trying to cover Boyd. And it looked like he just got into not great position for making a play on the ball. And 
I mean, you could argue that's a whistle, but I just think like that's probably a touchdown either way. And even if it's not, they did the right thing by letting it stand because the other way you're taking a touchdown off the board. And I think that was third down, I want to say. I want to say two. I think it was third down. Oh, man, we're months away from that now. I know. So I'm not 100% sure, but I think that was third down. So they'd be kicking a field goal over a bad whistle. It's like, no, the, the, the right call was not to blow it dead and do whatever. The right call is to let it stand because, you know, I didn't see a lot of guys stop playing. I think it would be more wrong to take that touchdown off the field. All right. We have plenty more to get to. We'll get to more Joe Burrow. I want to bring up the MVP talk and then just a little outlook for the second half of the season, because I feel like bye week hits you right in the middle and um, some exciting football coming up at Paycor Stadium and on the road. We'll have more on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.